0: How?
1: Indeed, there is. Hey, good morning. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this very beautiful day, for the sunshine and the blue sky. We thank you, Lord God, for your word, your revelation of truth, your love for us. In demonstrating that love for us, Lord God, and even dying on the cross, Jesus, we thank you for bringing life and restoration, rescue back to us, back to earth. Lord God, we thank you for this drama, this uh, epic, this story of your war the war between god and satan for the souls of men and we thank you jesus for giving us insight into that war we ask you today father to help us to understand it more deeply we thank you again for the divine protections that you give us including protecting us from the prince of the power of the air that no weapon formed against us will prosper our families those who work for us pray for us and love us that you cover each one today and those who seek your face those who yet have yet to know you father you draw them in by your spirit that none would be lost. Lord God, we pray for the remnant today. We pray for the shields of God to be put up over your people that the uh, influence of the evil one that has targeted us, Lord, through all kinds of vibrations, frequencies, uh, uh, EMFs, whatever they are, all kinds of ways he's tried to tar- target us where the shields of God will protect your people. And we thank you, Lord, for giving us wisdom and counsel and insight. Jesus, you're the faithful witness. Thank you for your word and your Holy Spirit. Now help us today to get this and to remember this, that the enemy cannot snatch it from us. Amen. Hey, good morning.
0: Amen. Good morning, good morning, good how's, morning. How's or, the
1: war going on your side of the street? Well, Beyond. they yeah. say
0: it's of biblical proportions, well, but this goes... We go way, way back,
1: yeah, actually, we pick up the story in the book of Genesis, but the story was started even before the book of Genesis, well great. Uh, and we get some little glimpses uh through the Bible into what happened previous to that but um yeah let's let's look at this war and what happened well, it's
0: the war, it's the rebellion and the war. Behind the war that we have on Earth, that we have been having on Earth all through human history, to explain. and it continues mm-hmm. to this present day, and it te- te- it's intensifying in the present day.
1: Well, impact. yeah, and, and so, I, the, we let let's start out with what happened in that war. Why why do we have war?
0: Well, here's it goes back to, you know, we don't know exactly when this was, uh, probably you know before time began you know, but in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12, How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to shield to the lowest depths of the pit. So, and it keeps it keeps going yeah. here, but this is essentially the core of this. There was this uh, uh, anointed cherub, this wait, angel.
1: Wait, Before you do that, before you go to the next verse, which I know you're going to go to, let me go over this a bit. Because here we have something that's caught my eye. Um, it says earlier in that chapter, Isaiah 14, and um, verse 4, how the oppressor has ceased. Now, there's some oppression that's been coming upon the earth, and God has broken the staff of the wicked uh, and the scepter of rulers. He struck down the people with wrath. Uh, but, but here it says, as you read, um, you who weakened the nations— He's really talking about someone, an entity, a rule, a world ruler, not just a, a particular king or president or prime minister over a certain nation. You who weakened the nations, you who have said in your heart. And so this one who said in it, who weakened the nations, who actually had dominion over the world, as we probably see very clearly when Jesus encountered Satan in the wilderness, um, he said these various things. I will. And he's making it a threat. He's he's challenging God. He's saying, I will. Um, exalt my throne above the stars of God as um, I, I will sit on the mount of the congregation I will um, on the further sides of the he's, he's taking a high place he's taking a place of dominion I will ascend above the heights of the clouds I'll be like the most high God um, and yet the, the Bible dec- declares Isaiah declares you will be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest pits of the depths of the pit. Now, when Isaiah was writing this, this was before the cross, of course. But, so when we're, we're talking today about why God's war and why Jesus had to die on the cross, were under, you have to put this whole question of Jesus, resurrection, uh, death on the cross, uh, Lent, uh, whatever it is you're celebrating, you have to put that in the perspective of the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is there was a reason why Jesus had to die on the cross, and it wasn't just for us. It was for us, yes, and we were re- rescued and redeemed and brought back into the full uh, fellowship with God, but there's another, there was another whole uh, part of that story that's going on, and in Ezekiel...
0: Yeah, well, Ezekiel chapter 28, uh, again, a description of Lucifer, uh, the middle part of verse 12, you were the seal of perfection, mm-hmm. full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. He's a created being, uh, exalted. Basically, he was the worship leader of heaven. Right, And uh, verse 13, you were in Eden, the garden of God, and we're going to get to that in Genesis in uh, just a bit. Mm-hmm. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardius, topaz, diamond, beryl, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbals and pipes was prepared for you in the day you were created. So there's there's music in him. And you were verse fourteen. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. So he was. He's right there in the throne room of God, Mm -hmm. in 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 the 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 kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not just something present. It's really been really forever. It's been eternal. Yeah, it's an eternal kingdom that goes. You know, goes backwards and forwards (laughs) (laughs) from our perspective. He says you walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. There was there was lawlessness that came into him. There was rebellion. There was a thought. He says, By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with what? Violence within, and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God. And I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. It says, uh, your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. So there's, there's pride, there's rebellion. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might def- gaze at you. And it talks about you defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities because of the iniquity of your trading. Therefore, I brought fire from your midst and it devoured you. And it turned, and I turned you into ashes upon the earth in the sight of all who saw you. So,
1: yeah, you can see any of you go back, even in the first part of that chapter, uh, Ezekiel twenty-eight. You see, he's, God is talking to the prince of Tyre, and the, and he's saying, um, but you know, it's more than just a guy or a king he's talking to, because he's talking regarding a prince. The pr- the prince of the power of the air, the principalities. Um, these are ruling entities over nations he says because your verse two because your heart is filled with filled lifted up and you say i am a god i sat you in the seat of i sit in the seat of gods in the midst of the seas yet you are a man and not a god though you set your heart as the heart of a god um, so he's saying this uh, lucifer uh, you usurped the authority of a god and i believe there were um creatures creation and we'll see that in a minute called the sons of god these were other created beings that were not humans that were um we see them talked about it the first part we see that talked about is in genesis 6 but so he was one of those sons of god an angel cherub whatever you want to call them. i think they were uh very very high officials in the kingdom of right. heaven. Right,
0: you know, Lucifer was a, a very high official. Yeah. Okay, so he was really, we could say he was like the worship leader. He was right there at the throne uh, you in know, a very people, high and exalted position.
1: People always wonder, what well, you know, until iniquity was found in you, how, where did that iniquity come from? Where did the the sin come from? And there's, you can you can give your opinion, theorize what you might think it is, but in but verse five it says. By your great wisdom in trade you have increased your riches and your heart is lifted up because of your riches. So there was a corruption. The you know, we have that little verse saying, The money the love of money is the root of all evil. I, I I don't know if it was, you know, he wanted more riches. Uh he had them all basically that he wanted, but I believe he wanted the power, he wanted the worship, he wanted the acclaim that went with that. And so his abundance of trading, as you read uh in verse sixteen. Um, be- brought violence, and in that violence he sinned um, and so, was cast out of the mountain of God, so
0: he was very you know involved in leading the worship of God, and he saw all this attention going to god or to the you God-head. know what
1: my other thought is I just had this thought this morning, attention going to God, or um attention going to the to man to Adam and Eve. I wonder if he saw, and i don 't we don 't know the the timing or sequencing of when you know, when Lucifer fell, uh, was kicked out of heaven, when Michael kicked him out of heaven, and that in relation to Adam and Eve on the earth. But what if he saw Adam and Eve and saw that they were getting all this, um, they were, you know, favoritism, God loved them, he made them special, he wanted to have a relationship and bring them into the family, and maybe Lucifer was, I this is just a theory, guys, this doesn't have anything to do with salvation, but could that have been part of what provoked the enemy too to um, take action? And because he was jealous of their favor uh, and position in the in the presence of God, so well, he was actually it, threatened. It's,
0: right. It's it's he felt maybe threatened. But you know we don't know exactly when this happened. This, Correct. This this rebellion could have happened long before the. Well, and there's another of theory
1: of the, 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 talking about the war between God God's war, mm-hmm. uh, God's war with with Satan, and why Jesus had to die on the cross. There's a a theory called the gap theory where actually in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse one of Genesis and then verse two is and the earth was without form and void and darkness covered the face of the deep. Now, it's interesting that, you know, either God is saying in the beginning, you know, the world he he created the world. And then he goes back and tells you step by step how he did that, which kind of makes sense. Okay, first it was without form and void. And then I did this and I did that it could be like that or they have some hebrew words in there that i don't quite understand but there are scholars who dig these things out who say that there's a there's a couple of conjunctions in there i think the word and means in hebrew is a, the word that's used um can ind- indicate that actually the earth was uh without form and void uh first god made it then it got wrecked mm-hmm. and then god made it god again god remade it yeah mm-hmm. And and whether that war was that so ferocious and vicious that it actually, you know, was like an atomic explosion on the earth that caused the elements to melt and, and things to, be, to lose their substance and character and got it to go back and reformat or repopulate. Because in one of the versions, it says to Adam, replenish the earth, mm-hmm. which indicates that the, so earth, the earth had something mm-hmm. already on it, in it, you know, creation. And Adam was supposed to, and Eve was supposed to replenish the earth. So... Well, there's that possibility of that war being so ferocious and explosive that it actually destroyed the first creation. First creation. Of earth, yeah, of earth.
0: because actually we can see now even now the the, the fall of Lucifer, mm-hmm. the fall of man has affected the, everything. the, the whole creation. Everything. Not I mean everything groans in travail. Basically, just, yeah. not just not just the earth, but, but the really animals the, the stars and the planets yeah. are 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 of, affected of, yeah. because of this uh, this rebellion. Yeah. So
1: so then we go to we're gonna we're kind of trace this war today a little bit if we can. So our first then we know of course the story in Genesis how the serpent, uh, the shimmering serpent, uh, who was a talking serpent at that time, uh, and the the Bible calls him the Hesh, who came and and talked with the woman and persuaded her to uh, take of the forbidden fruit because it looked like it was would make her wise. It looked like it was good for food and it. Was pleasant to the eye, and so it was very convincing. She believed him. He said, "You won't die." He says, um, "For God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your uh, of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God." Verse five of Genesis three, and, and knowing good for and evil. So be like God. So here, here's the: you will be like God. Now, who doesn't want to be like God? Who doesn't want to be more godly or godlike? Well, obviously. That might have been what she thought. Well, sure, I want to be more like God. That's, he's good, and I want to be more like him. Knowing good from evil, what can be wrong with that? And so the reasoning got in there, and the devil's persuasions, and God only knows what else. He, he you know, kind of uh, influence he used on her spiritually. So she took of the food, uh, the, uh, the yeah, apple, it's not an apple, fruit, and gave ate and then gave it to Adam. And then when God came down to the garden, as they were, they, he, they'd miss their walk for the day, probably, they, in the cool of the day, they'd walk with God. Um, and God said, what's going on here? The woman said, um, and God said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. So she's actually saying it right. The serpent lied to me, tricked me, deceived me. He lied to me. And because he lied to me, I didn't know it was a lie. And therefore, I took his advice. And I believe that some, in, in some way, the the Adam and Eve had been there had been watchers or protection, protecting angels or whatever over them, in their place in the garden, and they were, you know, probably used to being protected and watched over and taking advice or counsel from these godly beings. We don't know that, but for a fact. But, but it seemed like she wasn't really afraid of the snake, the serpent that talked. So then he says in verse 14, and so, the Lord, uh, and so the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, because you have done this, because you have started this war, you've messed with my children, it wasn't enough that you, I kicked you out of heaven, because you have done this. Then God proceeds with his, his curses.
0: Well, exactly. Well, what happened, it's really the same thing. The, the reason uh, Lucifer fell, he had pretty much everything. Right. He pretty much had it all, but he wanted more. Adam and Eve had it all and wanted more. Yeah, to know yeah, more. Yeah, that yeah, seems to, to be to the, they the, the to hook. They wanted to know more, have more, something like that. And it seems be like more. That's, that's the...
1: Be more than they were. You know, that's what we are to today. Were. We yeah. want to be more, do more, have more. Uh, never be content with who we are, and praise God and follow Jesus. But in, you know, going back to Lucifer falling from heaven, Jesus Himself made reference to that at in one at one point in Luke chapter mm-hmm. ten, verse. Um, uh, well, can we say read seventeen and eighteen? You want to read? Okay, I'll yep. read it. Okay. Then the seventy returned with joy, saying, "Lord, even the demons have been subject to us at your name. In your name, the de- so they were excited about the demons being subject, and Jesus." you know, he kind of went up to me, he says, he said to them, I saw Satan fall as like, light, like lightning from heaven. I saw Satan or Lucifer. He was there when it happened. He saw the war. He saw Michael kick the, the devil out. He saw Lucifer falling, Satan falling to the earth, to the earth. And so that kind of explains where the war kind of spread from heaven into the second heaven and finally into the earth's atmosphere and earth itself. Mm-hmm. Um, And so, and when God says, so God says to Eve or to the devil, because you have done this. So we know now that whatever's going to come out of God's mouth is going to be because you've done this. And so he said, you are cursed more than all the cattle, more than every beast of the field on your belly. You shall go, you shall eat dust all the days of your life. Now he's cursing the actual snake here, but now listen to what he says next. Um, And I will put enmity or war That word means war between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So he's saying the war has begun. I'm going to put this war. I'm, you know, you used the woman. You messed with my daughter. You took, you, you took advantage of her. You lied to her and you used her to open up the door to this war on earth because you tricked her. You lied to her. Now I'm going to use the seed of the woman to crush your head. And so, and notice here, he says too, I will put war between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He's not just saying between the woman Eve, but between your seed, whose seed? The devil's seed. Satan. Obviously, from this point on, we see that the devil has uh, offspring. He has seed. He has, you know, not we not just demons or evil spirits. I don't think, or other fallen angels, but he actually has uh, enlisted human beings into his into his war.
0: Well, when Jesus said to the scribes and Pharisees who were very rebellious and very wicked people even though they had this big veneer of religion, yeah. says mm-hmm. you are of your father the devil. That's right. So they were basically they you know, they were ta- he called them a brood of vipers. Right. It's like you're a family of snakes. Yeah. You're basically fathered by the serpent himself. Brood of vipers, so yeah. so there's uh,
1: Well, there's that and 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 then um uh, he said you're of your father The devil and he also says that in this the parable of the wheat and the tares where he says um you know who did this who put these these tares in the midst of my wheat field and and the jesus says the enemy has done this Mm -hmm. and then he says let it grow together till the angels come and sort out these tares because the tares are growing right up with the wheat they look like the wheat and there's no way to really separate them out until um the end when the angels come and harvest them but the thing is which is obvious and interesting about that parable is that the tares look like the wheat and the good guys look like the bad guys so you have a quite a mess here in determining who's on god's side and who's not and because of the way the devil has so counterfeited all the the work of christ and even the gospels making them counterfeit look alike gospels and created churches and and spawned religions of every sort it he he uses our desire for god to trick us into following false doctrines and doctrines of demons, etc., and, and, and the wisdom of this world. So it's very tricky war that we're in right now.
0: Well it's uh, the part of the trickiness of this is is um, you know the whole thing is lies deception. And, and deception is means that you think something seems to be right, looks right, but you get a hold of it and it's 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 not true. Well it's fruit is it's isn't not good. right. It's, fruit. it's like, mm-hmm. you know, the fishermen we use the example a lot of uh, the fisherman practices deception. Mm-hmm. He yeah. uses something that looks like a flashy, beautiful fish and uh, a Fate. small fish. And the hungry fish comes along and thinks, oh, man, here's lunch. And then the mm-hmm. fish becomes lunch. That's right. But he says in uh, Paul writes in Second Corinthians 11, th- 13 through 15, he says, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. So false apostles mm-hmm. can look like true apostles mm-hmm. and no wonder. So what's behind all this is what he's saying. For Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light, just like he did in the garden. Exactly. Therefore, it is is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, Mm -hmm. whose end will be according to their works.
1: That makes me think about in the book of Revelation and other places where it says that, and I think it's uh, Thessalonians 2 as well, that Satan will call down lying... Signs and wonders, and, signs and, and
0: lying wonders in the
1: last days. But going back, hold on, we're way ahead of ourselves. But you know, but but really, what that tells us is this war is 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 the theme through the whole Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, Book of Enoch, Book of you know Joshua. They're all confirming that this war is 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 the the the, the paradigm. It's the paradox. It's the principle. It's the basic f- operating principle of what's going on here and why Jesus had to die on the cross. Jesus didn't die on the cross just because of the little things that, you know, big things that we've been told, but it's a bigger thing than that. It's to establish, reestablish the earth and restore the human population. Because going on in, we see at the point in Genesis 3, 14, because you did this, that Satan had stolen, he had actually kidnapped the human race. I mean, God's whole family, his whole plan, God's plan in all of this was not war. It was love to love to create a family that he could you know father a family that he could fellowship with and have relationship with and love and impart goodness to and blessings all the rest of eternity and that plan of God when he took the risk to create us was um, put in great jeopardy not really but it appeared to be because the the people the humans were now enslaved by the devil and captured by him Um, and so God's whole plan for this war is to res- rescue and redeem and restore and get back his kidnapped children.
0: Exactly, because Satan's goal is to dethrone God. He wants to not, you know, he wants to take God's place. Mm-hmm. And he wants to take God's place in human life and worship. And worship. Well, that's, yeah.
1: He takes the place, he wants to steal God's affection, the affection we have for God. Satan wants it for himself,
0: but. He wants it for himself. His goal is to dethrone God mm-hmm. and to destroy God's most precious creation, which is human beings, yep. man. But God's plan is to destroy Satan, which he will eventually do totally, mm-hmm. and redeem mankind.
1: So they all—they both have a plan and a goal in this war. God's plan is for redemption, and Satan's plan is De- for destruction. 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 Mm-hmm.
0: Steal. John 10 still kill that's exactly that's the plan that's that's the, what he's yeah. working on he's working that out in all kinds of details
1: and you know what speaking of details Jesus gave them a lot gave us a lot of details and understanding this plan when he called him a liar the father of lies a murder from the beginning um you know and he rebuked de- uh, Satan. He and he dealt with de- uh, Satan face to face in the garden and in the wilderness. And he cast out demons and all these. things. He was dealing with the mess that had been created through Satan's interaction and uh, and rebellion against God. That as it had come to the earth, and we kind of continue on in that mess. Now you see, we've kind of told you, you know, even in the New Testament, even to this current day, there's angels of light. There's 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 this treachery going on. This war that's kind of went underground, and we've got spies and super you know, all kinds of things going on, but in going back to Genesis. Okay. So the first thing that Satan picked up from this, and because you did this line in verse 14 was okay. The the seed of the woman, the seed of the woman, what's this looking like? What's this? Uh Oh, that means I'm sure Satan knew about DNA. Uh Oh, the seed of the woman, it's gotta be her human seed. And that is gotta be God's God needs that in order to bring forth this head crusher. And so Satan says, "Well, I need to get in there and corrupt the seed of the woman." And so, actually, you know, we have a, a, a little picture of that, um, st- stable, solid, real, but not very fleshed out, in chapter six of Genesis. Uh, it says, "Now, verse one. Now, it came to pass when the man, when men began to multiply in the earth, on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them." that the sons of God saw the daughters of men. Now, these are two different categories of people. Sons of God would be, uh, uh, you know, more like the divine council. The, the sons of God dwelt in heaven, were ministers, maybe angels. We don't know that, but they were sons of God, saw the daughters of men, daughters of men, another, a different category of beings. And they were beautiful. The, the daughters were beautiful. And they took wives for themselves of all whom they had chosen. And the Lord said, my spirit will not always strive with man. Um, Then in verse four, it says there were giants on the earth in those days. And also afterwards, when the sons of God came in to the daughters of men and bore children to them, those were the mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. We kind of know those things that through mythology, we know them as the Titans or the demigods or the Greek mythology gods. We kind of, that's how the pagan world refers to these these giants or entities or men of renown um, that were half angel power of God, you know, having sons of God and half human. And so these and, and then uh, Enoch talks more about it. But before we go to Enoch, let's just look at Job, uh, Jude for a second who has a very little, he's Ju- Jude didn't like to write very much, I don't think. And he kind of had 25 verses. I wish he would have s- <laughs> sat a little longer and wrote a little more because he was really telling us a lot of deep stuff. Mm-hmm. Now Jude is The half brother of Jesus, believe it or not, and so in in chapter one, the only chapter, in verse uh, four, he talks about this thing that happened in Genesis. He kind of hooks it in. He kind of uh, makes reference. It makes it work. It's tied in both Old Testament and New Testament with this verse. He says, verse six, and the angels who did not keep their proper domain but left their own habitation, he has reserved in everlasting chains under the dark under darkness for the judgment of the great day. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in a similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth as an example of suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. So he's saying a couple of things here. He's saying the angels, who we hear as the sons of God in Genesis 6, uh, now in Jude verse 6, we see that the angels didn't keep their pride. They weren't supposed to Uh, cohabitate. They weren't supposed to intermingle. They weren't supposed to uh, cross kinds. They weren't supposed to have sex with the women. But even as in Sodom and Gomorrah, there is an indication that these men of Sodom and Gomorrah were not just having, you know, homosexual relationships or sodomizing other men, but they were actually wanted these angels that came to talk a lot about, you know, getting out of the city. They actually, sexual immorality gone across the lines gone after strange flesh and and so we see this sin of corrupting kinds crossing kinds that was what god said no don't cross the kinds the species you can you can you can hybrid bread breed whatever but the, the kinds you can't you can't cross the dog with a horse but people didn't uh, the devil he wanted to mess with everything so if he could corrupt the dna just think about it then all the DNA of all the women would be corrupt. And at that point, then there would be no point to bring Jesus. You couldn't bring Jesus because there's no vessel in which to bring forth the Savior, who had to come forth of human seed, but also had to be divine. And that's why we have the virgin birth. But anyway, you go on and to prove that, that it was about the DNA, you just read on a little further in Genesis 6, and you see where it says, verse 8, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. So Noah was perfect or blameless. And we, we think of perfect in behavior, but he, he's really talking about perfect in his generations. His DNA his uh, was good. It hadn't been crossed over. He, there had been no one in his bloodline that had given place to the sexual encounters with Satan. God had preserved one thin Strand of DNA for himself and for the the purpose of bringing forth the head crusher.
0: Yeah, bringing forth redemption. So it it, it really goes back. So the the whole plan of God it's it's not just an afterthought. It's like, oops, right, man fell. Right. Oh, we got to do some emergency. We got to do some Emerge- damage ER, control yeah. here. Take some emergency measures. Yeah, because we'll we'll talk about this more in a little bit. Also, that it was. It was a plan that's being unfolded. And it's like, well, in other words, God step by step. knew what was going to happen. Right. He knew it from before the foundation of the world. He had the plan in place from before the foundation mm-hmm. of the world. So it's it's being worked out on this grand stage of uh, from uh-huh. eternity to eternity.
1: Well, it's kind of like war. It's kind of like one makes a move, then the other one makes a move. God made a move. Well, first Satan made the move, and he's, he, you know, entered into the human race and corrupted them, stole them, kidnapped them. Then God made a move, and he says, I'm going to put enmity, war between you and the woman. I'm going to bring forth a head crusher. Then Satan makes a move to, to corrupt the DNA so that there will be no head crusher. Then God makes a move in the flood to um, save Noah and put him in the little ark and keep him and his generational bloodline safe while God has to wipe out all of these giants. By the way, these giants didn't just go away voluntarily. Um, you know, if you look more in more depth or want to do more research, you can look into the book of Enoch. But these giants were uh, that were men of renown. They were uh, you couldn't you couldn't stop them. You couldn't fight them. They had big appetites. They were killing eating the children of God. They're eating the kids of God. And so after 500 years, God said, that's it. 500 years. That's all. That's a long time to let people be suffering under such terror. Can you imagine if giants were walking among us this day? and they're like between 16 and 30 feet tall, and they walk into your yard, and they step on your house, and they want your food, and they take your little child for a, a, a tasty morsel. How terrified you would be in living in that kind of a, a, a threat. So God said, that's it, 500 years, and then they will turn upon themselves and kill themselves, which they actually did, and when they did that, this is in the book of Enoch, but you have to know that these giants that were giants on the earth, and afterwards it says, even in David's day, we see the giants were still here, that there are some of them, that that this had to be dealt with. This was one of Satan's plots to kill off all the people so there'd be nothing left to uh, to fight for. And so, uh, so God said, okay, 500 years, and you're not going to be able to... Um, to, to continue on and what happened then the giants turned upon themselves and when they died they were cross pollinated they were half angel or half fallen angel let's just say and half human because of their human mothers so there's their their spirits their souls if you will um didn't really have a proper place to go because there's only heaven and hell and so they could just hang out on the earth so they did And that's where we get the demons. Why do we have the demons? And the evil spirits is because they they didn't know where to go. It's like sometimes when familiar spirits, when a person dies and their familiar spirit doesn't know where to go, it hangs around in the house. And then we have a haunted house. Well, we had had an earth now filled with a whole new rank of uh, immortal beings that were evil. And these are the ones Jesus cast out. Jesus identified them, cast them out. And when they left the people, there would be shaking and the people would fall down. There'd be... Uh, marked improvements, healings, and so these demons were were they're they're disembodied spirits that are wandering around on the face of the earth, and they look for humans because humans have bodies, and if they can come into the human and control them, they can get their um ne- their needs met, their needs for food or water or you know sex or you know drugs or whatever. The the demons also have appetites, and so they get them met through right. the humans. Right, so they're, they're
0: influencing and they're involved. Well, they through can inhabiting the humans, in yeah. ha- Inhabiting human beings, influencing thoughts and actions in in a variety of ways. So this and really, they're still here. Yeah, Some yeah. people believe that, you know, yeah. well, now it's what used to be, what primitive yeah. man used to think was demonic. Yeah. Now it's an emotional issue or a psychological yeah, yeah, issue. exactly, or a
1: medical issue. A, a
0: medical yeah. issue, yeah. that sort mm-hmm. of thing. But these these demons uh, demons have not gone away. He's right, God, right, Jesus exactly. has given us authority mm-hmm. over serpents and scorpions and all over the, pow- all the power over of, all the power of the enemy, yeah, and no, nothing. D- nothing shall by any means hurt us. Mm-hmm. So we do have that authority, but they're still here we need to discern those things recognize well, exactly. those things and, when, and and deal with them appropriately with the, appropriately with the authority that Jesus has given well, us
1: Well not only that but the giants had killed themselves off and that was probably about the time of the flood maybe just a tad bit before the flood we don't know but but all that this there was still people roaming around with messed up really messed up DNA there was also um so these people were you know already half human and they were carrying around demon spirits. They were half human, half fallen angel. And, and yet there might a, God knows, what. He, but he had to kind of clean the earth of this infestation so that he could continue the plan of bringing forth Jesus Christ. And, and in the midst of all of this, Satan's attempt to derail the plan of God, the enemy didn't win because God just kept moving forward, moving forward. The flood kind of cleansed the earth change the climate a little bit and we continue just to, to go forward but within it's interesting the people who came out of the ark uh noah his wife their three boys uh and their wives and they began to start having children shortly thereafter and by we by the time we get to about 120 30 maybe 180 years up the road we have a, an offspring Nimrod is born of Cush, who's the son of Ham, who's the son of Noah. So we have Nimrod and his, uh, his. I don't know, what's this, aggressive.
0: His rebellious yeah, aggressive. nature, basically. So he was this influencer of, uh, he partic- participated in rebellion. He was well, he created a leader it. of rebellion, uh, established and wanted to do this, uh, build this Tower of Babel. It was a, a basically a, uh, like a, a pillar <laughs> of, of false worship and rebellion against God. We're going to do it ourselves, we're going to do it our way. We're going to be like God's ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're going to do our thing here on this earth. And so God came and uh, you know saw what was going on, knew what was going on, and and basically confounded the language of the people mm-hmm. and scattered them across the earth and everybody had their own language. But what happened? when they went across all the earth like that, they brought this idolatry and this rebellion with them.
1: Right. And yeah. it spread yeah.
0: throughout all the earth, and so that added kind of another dimension to the, uh, to well, the war.
1: Well, it sure spread the infection, that's for sure. But it says the whole earth, in chapter 11 of Genesis, the whole earth had one language and one speech. This is after Noah got out of the boat and they began to, you know, produce offspring, and Ham basically had four sons, and from all four sons, by the way, we have Cush, Mizraim, Put, and Canaan. From all of them, we get an interesting uh, uh, higher percentage of giants than we do from the other boys. Uh, So it's quite an interesting little piece because when God looked, I mean, when Noah looked at Canaan, who was uh, Ham's grandson, he cursed him and, er, yeah, no, Ham's son. I'm sorry, his son. He cursed him. And I don't know why you'd curse your grandson Unless you saw something in the midst of what you were looking at that was terrifying to you, and I'm sure that's what happened. Noah saw that this boy looked like a giant, like a throwback from a double teeth, you know, uh, six fingered kind of thing. And so, but because the giants had six fingers and, and double rows of teeth usually. And so this might've been an oh no moment for Noah. But nonetheless, so when we get to Nimrod, who's three, four generations down the road, I believe Nimrod's first reason for building the tower was, well, it was a ziggurat. It wasn't just a straight up and down pole. Right. It was something that they were going to use as a a transmitter uh, to telecommunicate, to reach outer space, if you will, because these people were much more smart than we are. Their brains were much newer, fresher they were you know they were wise you know they had the technology we think we just discovered they already had it uh because the prince of the when the, when they when the giants fell going back to the giants for a minute and god um locked up the watchers the parents the fallen angels of these giants the the daddies he locked them up and these were the, the not only were they um in this war not only were they uh you know creating Cross breed uh, giants and men of renown, the the fallen angels, the the sons of God who had fallen, were also div, uh, uh, revealing the secrets of technology to the humans. They talked them, to, told them about constellations and stars, and making of weapons and working of metal and um, the cutting of plants and roots and pharmacia. They they taught them a lot of these things. That that ultimately Satan then used that knowledge to uh, build the Tower of Babel and to go against, and they were in, enticed and entreated, in, 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 enticed to um, work with the devil to get more knowledge, to build the throne to heaven, to get into the second heaven, to communicate with these fallen entities. To, and but but at that point where God saw that was happening, He locked up those technical demons, those uh, watchers, the fallen angels under the hills. For seventy generations. So, so if you take seventy times seventy, it gets you a, um, four thousand nine hundred. And if you do the math, that they were locked up until World War One, which makes sense because at World War One, all of the rep- weaponry, technology. Uh, for thousands of years, we've been fart- fighting wars on horses and with swords and shields and bayonets and guns and things like that. But by the time we get to World War Two, which is fifty years after the Civil War. Uh, by the way in the civil after, war they had after civil war yeah
0: well the civil war was 18, 1860 you're talking about a hundred years so 1860
1: world war II. no world war I. That Oh, was world war one yeah, okay so there's only 50 60 years and so in in civil war we weren't having torpedoes we didn't have uh, of course we didn't maybe need of submarines we didn't have radar we didn't have sonar we didn't have planes 60 years later The watchers are back, and we have got all of those things and more. And that's why today our technology is ramping up. You know, knowledge will increase in the last days. And another thing that's happening is technology now is really moving towards sorcery. Because how do these things work? How does this work? How how can these little electrical vibrations, how how does this work? It, It works through something I would call sorcery. It doesn't work through anything we call mechanical engineering or... Uh, you know, physics or laws of anything, but
0: and, and then now what with craft. the te- the technology, we're going back to the cross crossbreeding with uh, animals and humans. Human right, and cloning. animal DNA is going on a yeah, lot. Yeah,
1: transhuman and
0: transhuman stuff. Where we're merging of men AI. and machines, mm-hmm. uh, technology. So artificial intelligence, right. all that sort of stuff. So we're still we're messing with all that again. Let's, let's <laughs> go back. Okay. If yeah. Noah. So, and his sons had good DNA, how come there were the giants after the flood then?
1: Well, what my What's theory is, and there are, there are theories only on this because God doesn't really give us the, the how this happened, how Satan snuck some of this DNA through. Um, because if everything outside the boat was basically drowned, or maybe the flood wasn't a total global flood, but we probably think it was, um, that if, if the DNA had to be carried in on one of the wives of one of the boys... Um, and if that's, I don't know if that's possible, um, because it said all the wives were, uh, daughters of, I think it was Methuselah, or, mm, I might have to check that out, but they seem to be sisters, but at the same time, if all of the DNA, the giant DNA is showing up in one, one line, Ham's line, I don't know. I don't know what happened, but somehow it got through because we know we have giants after the flood. But they were not the same caliber or number, and they weren't as big. But we do have a lot of demons. that uh, They all lived through the flood, all of the disembodied spirits. And so they were just roaming around and ready to infest the humans again. So when we get to the Tower of Babel, we have a problem in Genesis 11. So here it is. The, the people all come together. Again, one language, one cosmic thought that's what we try we're trying to get to now back to globalism and one Global co- consciousness yes Global exactly consciousness. and there's a power in that obviously because God even recognized he says when they said come let us build for ourselves a city uh, and a tower whose top is in the heavens by the way that city was babylon let us make a name for ourselves let us scatter abroad or, uh, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth so the people were afraid and i think nimrod's part of his motivation not only was rebellion but he was afraid. He he hadn't lived in the flood, but he lived just beyond the flood, and he saw the devastation, and he, he said, God could get mad again, and let's build a tower. And the, the height of the walls around the city were 400 feet high. The flood, they say, went to 450 feet high, as they marked it on the mountains or whatever. So he, But he wanted to build a wall that was pretty, uh, pretty much able to protect them from you know if we they but obviously wouldn't you think the rain would come into the city as well i don't know anyway um but he was afraid that god would come after them again and they wanted to have their own fortress but when god came down the lord came down and looked at the city now we're talking about war we're talking about why was jesus why did jesus have to die on the cross this is a severe battle this isn't just a oh you know one weekend weekend warriors these guys are going at this thing for decades generations uh centuries And, um, the Lord said, indeed, the people are one and they have all one language and this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. If they get together, they get their act together. There's nothing that's going to stop them. He says, so come, let us go down there and confuse their language. That's an interesting pronoun, us, plural, um, speaking of the Trinity, also possibly speaking about the Trinity plus the sons of God, uh, the divine council, um, that they are, may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the whole earth, and they ceased building the city. Therefore it's, it's, therefore, its name is called Babel because the Lord confused the languages of the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the whole earth.
0: And one thing we have to realize, too, that this, this rebellion, this influence of demon, demon powers, um, this pride... Mm-hmm. That was part of, you know, that Nimrod brought in, in his leadership into Babel, where God confused it. It spread, as we said before, over the whole face of the earth. Mm-hmm. So this this uh, this is the beginning of a world system right. of economics, politics, right. religion, global, global a everything. global world system. We hear today, mm-hmm. we see or hear the same thing, the new world order, yeah. that's Babel Returning. and all the world elite. It's still they're still wanting to do well, the same yeah, thing. Exactly. Still, still, man wants to be God. Satan wants to be God. Yeah. And that same spirit of Babylon is, is has spread. It's infected There's, everything. It, yeah. In this,
1: it's never died earth. completely, and now it Satan is p- resurrecting it and all. As Jesus says, as it was in the days of Noah, which te- takes us back to the thought that as it was in the days of Noah when they were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, and there was also giants on the earth in the days of Noah, um, or just previous to that, or the first half of Noah's life, the first 500 years, um, that he was like 500 or 600 when he went into the boat. So, but anyway, so there is like this returning, Satan is, is trying to ramp up again, build up again, and this time he's, he's using technology as part of his, his, uh, his weaponry. Before that, God shut down the technology, and he could only get so far. Then he was locked up for you know four thousand nine hundred years. So we have kind of a slow moving, uh, just you know basic fights among people. Anything the demons could stir up among people, which they did a lot. But then in the wars and the and the whatnot. But now we have we have it's full on again. It's full on since World War One. This this hatred, this war, um, that it's against us, against the human kind. And it's
0: spread. I mean, technology can be something that can be used for for a lot of good, but a lot of the the, the lies is, mm-hmm. are spread in an instant. You know, we hear so much today about fake news. Well, Satan has been doing fake news from oh, the beginning, yeah. which is is his lies. So the lies mm-hmm. of the enemy can in just in a tweet, in in a in Twinkle. a Facebook <laughs> note, whatever it is, it can it can just go everywhere. I mean, in the same way with 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 truth, but unfortunately, there's there's a, there's a preponderance of of lies and error well, that th- are spread. Through the technology, these you know. Days.
1: Actually, this uh, the, uh, April eighth, Saturday, April eighth, I'm going to be doing a whole conference on this war, the story, uh, uh, the story of the sun and the serpent, the battle, the war. But and you're welcome to come. It's uh, check the website liferecovery.com. You can sign up. It's free registration. But uh, but so we're going to be talking about this. But going back to the Tower of Babel. Okay, so we have gotten now at this point. At this is the point. Where we where the nations are developed, where God scatters the nations, and uh, there's um I can't uh there's a there's a couple of verses which, which says I think one of them's in Deuteronomy, and then we have Psalm eighty two, uh, where God turned over the nations, and this is researched out by a lot of very scholarly guys who know their their Hebrew, they know their Greek, they know their stuff, that there was a council of seventy that God turned the nations over to, they called the divine council and God says, okay, you take these guys and you do what you can do with them. And I am going to start over with one man. So Abraham was 50 years old. He was still alive when Noah's son, Noah and his son Shem were still doing Bible school in by, I suppose, where they first landed the boat. So Noah was a young man, and God pulled him out of nowhere. He pulled him out of paganism. He pulled, as a matter of fact, it's interesting that Abraham—I'm sorry, Abraham—I said Noah. Abraham uh, was God's new man on the scene. He was going to build a nation out of this one man, his willingness to believe God for the promises. And so we see that um, Abraham was called by God out of Ur of the Chaldees, and Abraham, Abraham's father, Terah, was Nimrod's uh he was on his um his cabinet in his council he's one of his uh captains of one of his armies if not the head of all the armies he was very high up in the, the the office of the rebellious Nimrod and so right from under the nose of the king of the earth Nimrod God snatches a child to become the carrier of the promise and with that, we also see now woven in with the promise and faith, as we're going, we can, we're going to probably get to look at next time in Romans, we also see the power of the blood and the reasons why Jesus had to die on the cross and shed his blood. And I think you know we'll start with a little bit going into that, that first of all, we know the verse that says in Ezekiel, um, the soul that sins shall die. And when Adam and Eve sinned, they what they did is they believed a lie and out of that agreement with the lie came the sin of separation and the sin of being disconnected, sent out of the garden. And they were going to then eat their food by the sweat of their brow. The women would bring forth children with pain. Um, snakes would crawl in their belly and stuff like that. And those curses are still here today, obviously, because we use deodorant. We still have pain and childbirth, So they didn't really go away. But... Um, The soul that sin shall die. So there was a a new element introduced into the war, and that was the element of death. And then we go into um, Leviticus.
0: Well, yeah, well, actually, you know, you hear about the first death was a a murder when uh, Cain rose up and killed his brother Abel. Right. And it talks about his blood uh, crying crying out. He he killed uh, Abel. He said... um, now Cain talked with Abel in, in Genesis 4, 8. Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is your? Where is Abel, your brother? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? <laughs> wow, so we're getting into lying and challenging Blaming right here. <laughs> uh, verse uh, 10, and he said, what and God said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Mm-hmm. So wow. now you are cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. And it talks about you know the ground not yielding its strength. But this is the first instance of, of humans shedding blood.
1: And it's interesting, too, in that very specific curse that he put on, on Cain that Cain was the one who was the tiller of the ground and he was the gardener with the green thumb. And he was the one who brought the fruit basket uh, to, G- to God as a sacrifice rather than the blood as they were, they were told they had to bring the blood of a, of a, of a lamb or a sacrifice. And, and Cain disregarded that and therefore God disregarded his offering, which made Cain upset and jealous with Abel. And so right there we see the beginning of the two covenants, the covenant of works and the covenant of blood the shedding of blood, the Lamb of God, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world um, was first uh, typified or uh, alluded to back when God himself killed the animal to put the skins on Adam and Eve, and that animal I would think would be a lamb. That doesn't say it, though. But the shedding of blood, so the soul that sinned shall die, Adam and Eve sinned, the first thing that had to be done, something had to die to shed its blood, to cover them, to give them a covering until such time as there could be a full redemption, and so when, when we have now we have Jesus needing to die, a pull an innocent lamb, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That's that's four thousand years after the promise was given. That's a long time to keep a promise going, and that's a lot of time Satan can use to wreck and, and interfere with that promise.
0: Well, we go back to you know Exodus chapter twelve where where the establishment, when God's people now... Yep. We're kind of jumping way ahead here, but... Well, we're not. We're go- We're uh, doing it good. <laughs> we're just going through <laughs> Exodus chapter 12, when the Passover was instituted, uh, the nation yeah. of Israel had been in, in bondage in yeah. Egypt for 430 years, and so God, you know, comes to the point, just before they're leaving, they're finally going to be released. Mm-hmm. He says... Um, in Exodus chapter 12, verse 3, speak to all the congregation of Israel, was directing this to Moses. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, on the 10th of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. So they were to kill this lamb. Mm-hmm. And then in verse 7, and they shall take some of the blood and put it on the, tor- the two doorposts and on the lintel. So the doorposts, sides of the door and above the door of the house, where they eat it. And verses 12-13, through For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Hence the name Passover. Right. Mm-hmm, exactly. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy Hallelujah. you when I strike the land of Egypt.
1: No, can I say something? Is this not weird? Is this not the weirdest thing that the eternal God who has all power in his hand and, and the universe has created the stars, and the sun and everything else would ask them to do something that seems so like we'll say weird, but it's not weird because nothing God does is weird. It's always very thought out, very specific, very strategic and so what he's doing here is he's protecting the children of Israel, um, while he judges their gods. And it's very interesting that these gods that he's judging, he says, uh, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment verse 12 that God, did you know that in the plagues, every plague, every, and you say, why lice, why boils, why frogs, why this, why, why blood, why that? You know, blood is interesting, there's blood again, but, um, Every one of those plagues was addressing a specific God the Egyptians had, the f- fertility gods, the frogs, the the lice, the the whatever. I'm, all of them. And, and God judged all those gods as being powerless to do anything to stop him. And so he actually, and these are the gods. These are the, where do these gods come from? What are these gods? Well, these are the, this is the other side. This is the war. This is the, Satan's uh for his his, his forces, substitutes well his they were on his side the, mm-hmm. the the they were false gods, they were you know demon gods demigods pagan gods uh fallen angels animal
0: gods yeah
1: they were but they were all coming out of the rebellion of Satan, Lucifer against God, they were all his hordes, and so God here is picking a fight again and protecting his children as a matter of fact, when he did send the plagues, it was interesting that the land of Goshen where the children of Israel lived next, it was in Egypt. and It was right. You know, it was their little place in Egypt that they, those guys were protected. Their cattle didn't die. They didn't get lice. They didn't do this. They, they were safe. And now he says, one more thing I got to do. I'm going to send this death angel to take the blood, take the life of the flesh is in the blood, as we know. And I'm going to take that. Uh, but I'm going to preserve, preserve you through the blood of a lamb. So the blood of the lamb is the same blood of the lamb, that he's going to use again on Calvary, and so I know that this is interesting we've got th- two themes going here in this war god 's war talking to you how big it is, why he had to do what he did. nothing is weird, everything is planned out, and, and there's a perfect reason for it. This war is is there's a theme of the blood coming through it, the blood of Jesus going to the blood of Jesus. we have the blood of the Lamb. We have the, And then we have, of course, we'll get to next week, about the children of Israel that called out ones and their um, what God told them to do in, term, in terms of sacrificing animals and blood, blah, blah, blah. We have that theme of blood, and we also have Abraham's theme of promise, promise by faith in the promises. And so, um, but Abraham, remember in the, the, the sequencing of the stories, Abraham was before Moses. Abraham was between Noah and Moses. Abraham was the one guy that after God scattered the nations and sent the 70 nations off and put them under the council of the divine council to run, God says, I'm going to pick me out a man for myself. I'm going to make a promise to him. And that promise was accounted to Abraham for righteousness, it says in Romans. So when you see the story starting in Genesis or Exodus, you have to read all the way through to Jude and Revelation to get the rest of what God was thinking and the rest of that story tied up. So you had something, Jerry, you want to say?
0: Well, yeah, the, the whole principle here is that so uh, even though that, uh, there was all this what we would call paganism, yeah, uh, demon worship, that was spreading through the nations. God says, like I am plague. going to have a people. Yep, I am going to have a nation of my own. Mm-hmm. And he is still working. He is still doing that. He is, for those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, he is making of them a great nation, a holy nation, yes. P- uh, Peter says. and uh, But the, the principle that he's establishing, and we'll, we'll hit this next time, Uh Leviticus seventeen eleven for the life of the flesh is in the blood and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. Yes, and that's what we're moving toward here. We're moving toward the cross, the cross of Jesus mm-hmm. Christ and Again, why he had to
1: die, why he had to shed his blood,
0: right? He is the lamb slain since before the foundation yep. of the world. Mm-hmm not an afterthought but yeah. we're moving toward that and all this is preparation. God has the, the the path of victory is is through the blood, through the cross and uh we're we're moving along that path.
1: Well, it's interesting that as you tie all these things together, you can see that what we're going through today, what we're suffering, what we're looking at, what we're seeing, you know, we're in the cosmos, you know, maybe we have a little, you know, four de- four decades, six decade, ten decade window of life and we're trying to compare everything within that decade but when you put your little experience near your 60 years or 40 years or 20 minutes into the context of what God's been doing since before the foundation of the world and what he will do to wrap it up in, in Revelation even including the same players are still on the board, we've got Israel, we've got you know, the, now we've got the church, we've got the Christians, we've got the bride of Christ we've got the demons, the dragons, they're all The players are still here, people. This war is still going on. The good news is that we know who wins. If you want to read the back of the book, that'll help out a lot. And until next time, when we'll kind of pick up this for part two, let's pray. Father, we thank you for being so privileged to be part of and understand your heart in all of this and and to see that your word makes sense, that you're not crazy, you're not insane, you're not a murderer, you're not out to get us, but you are a God of love. And it is in in our loving you back that you are vindicated in this war uh, that Satan has created because he's jealous and he's hateful of your love for us and our love for you. So, Lord God, I pray you protect and preserve each one today who's being uh, beaten up, swallowed up. Try the enemy's trying to crush them. That you would put your hand of protection upon them and deliverance, Father, and bring hope into their lives in Jesus' name.
0: Lord, uh, thank you, Father, for those that are, are have listened to this uh, broadcast today. And uh, Or tonight, whenever they're listening to it, Lord, I pray that your grace and your power and your wisdom and your understanding and the manifestation of your love will just fill every heart of everyone that's listened uh, or that will be listening in the future. Mm-hmm. We thank you for that now in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.
1: And one more thing. If you want to tell your friends about this show, Ra- Rescue Radio, you can catch us on Twitter at um, Life Recovery, Inc., That's what you Twitter in on, and and you'll be getting the, the updates every Tuesday about the show. So the reminders, and you can play it right from your phone. God bless you guys, and have an awesome week.
0: God bless you. I have an emergency. What is your location?